Hello, I'm Rob Brydon. Welcome to Doctor Whose Line Is It Anyway, where everything is made up and neither script nor canon matters. everybody's well. I'm taking Jodie Whittaker's advice and I'm hiding in a cupboard. It's a very small cupboard. I can only just get the microphone in here. That's why I'm talking very quietly. Anyway, welcome to Doctor Who's line, is it? Anyway, and we've got the second part of the conversation that we started last week, or they started. As you know, I wasn't part of it. It's spiralled out of control a bit, and I think it's safe to assume it's going to spiral even more out of control now. So, let's get straight back over to them and see what the heck they're going to talk about this time. <laughs> over to you guys. Okay, so let's speculate. Who do you think is okay. going to write for next season, other than Chris Chibnall? Who do you think? Do you think... Well, damn. Vinay Patel will be back, do you think? Uh, I would hope. I would hope so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yay! I hope so. That would be so cool. And, yeah. Uh, well, what's her she's name? Um, uh, who would? Who wrote the um, Fella Diodotti one? Oh. Oh yeah. Someone Google, it. Names, Someone Google it while I go and get a drink. <laughs> um, I, I am doing that right now, actually, so give me a minute and see who who wrote what. Are you okay, Darren? <laughs> yes, oh, I'm just grunting. It takes me a while to get out of a chair. Oh. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one that does that. It's like, oh, my God. Oh, my back. <laughs> it sounds I like... I like to call them my old man noises. Oh God! Okay, that's not giving me the information that I want. You know you're you know you're old when you're told with this new this new virus going around. The doctor points at me and says, "Rubber mm. gloves and a mask." And I'm like, "Yeah, you find me a mask." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I said I wanted to go into sewing masks because you know when my dad was doing dentistry, everything was cloth. There was no disposable okay. anything. Mm-hmm. And I said I wanted to go into doing that sewing mask and call it cover your face, bitch, as, <laughs> as the business name. <laughs> Only, you know, okay, cover your face. Go. go ahead. I've got um, who, who wrote what. So, Vinay Patel wrote Fugitive of the, of the Jadoon. Well, he can definitely come back then. Definitely come back. Oh, yeah. Pete McTie and Chris Chibnall wrote, co-wrote Praxius. Chris Chibnall is responsible for part for Spyfall Parts 1 and 2. And we had mixed reviews on that. Some good, some... You know, we liked one series better than the other. 
Everybody's favorite Orphan 55, Darren, was written by Ed Heim. Well, he can fuck off. <laughs> oh, man! <laughs> Darren! <laughs> and I'm probably going to screw up this name, so I apologize in advance. Nina Mativier Tiver wrote Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror. Oh, I love that, too. Charlene James wrote Can You Hear Me? Maxine Alderton wrote That's The Haunting it, of Via D- Villa Diodati. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. Maxine Alderton. And then Chris Chibnall is responsible for Ascension and Timeless Children. So, so no. did... We do not know, and it has not been announced with the information that I have at my fingertip who wrote, who is writing Revolution of the Daleks or who wrote Revolution of the Daleks. I wonder if it's Vinay. I wonder if it's him be cool yeah wouldn't that be neat especially since it's got the judy the element of the june judoon popping in mm-hmm. well is are they so. going to is are they going to resolve that in the christmas episode or are they going to pretend that didn't happen and write and and do something totally different for the christmas episode because there's daleks i can't imagine judoon and daleks I don't know. together i really hope that they don't just ret i don't i don't know the christmas episode is going to be kind of weird if we skip over that ending, because a uh, man, the Daleks and the Jadoon because together. Because it's not going to tie. I mean, it's not. I mean, Christmas episodes are usually standalone pieces, but it's just going to feel kind of weird if we have this standalone piece. Is it going to be a Christmas episode? Because the way thing, the way things ended with the Doctor whisked off to pr- whisked off to Jadoon prison, and the companions all back on twentieth twenty first century Earth. Mm-hmm. It just feels kind of unfinished. There's some unfinished business there. Are they gonna resolve mm-hmm. that in the Christmas special? Or are we gonna wait, have a Christmas special and then go and jump into that in season thirteen. Series thirteen. Well that's what I was wondering. I was wondering whether or not they were going to just make it a standalone and just pretend that didn't happen for the, the Christmas episode. Yeah. And then resolve that when they pick up filming the next one because you'd almost have to have an a patel for the for the jadoon but yeah then the daleks come in so it it, it would be very odd for the daleks and the jadoon to have a a fight off over the doctor i mean that would be kind of interesting mm-hmm. unless the is prison it, is run by daleks is it definitely come and not jadoon or the daleks rescue her oh that would be bizarre well, there's an interesting twist yeah, that would be bizarre. Is it definitely confirmed as a Christmas episode, or is it going to be a New Year thing again? I, I heard it was New Year's Day. New Year's Day, maybe New Year's. It just it just says Revolution of the Daleks is the is the last, mm-hmm. and it hasn't been announced who's going to write to write that. Yeah, but yeah, IMDb doesn't have any more details either. It's also been if you look at if you look at some of the stuff out on social media too. That has been announced that Ryan and Graham both exit after the special. That's going to be their last. That they'll make appearances in that one, and then they're gone. So maybe, maybe it does pick up from the the prison. And wouldn't that be bizarre if the Daleks rescued them, rescued her? So maybe it mm-hmm. is the name that's writing writing resolution. That would be cur- curious, curiouser and curiouser. Is it resolution or revolution? Revolution. 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 So, wouldn't that be bizarre? Ask him. <laughs> Go on Twitter and ask him, Darren. Hey, Vinay, are you are you writing this last <laughs> one? <laughs> yeah, 
I know every British person. <laughs> Poor Darren. You're getting the brunt of it tonight, aren't you? You'll never, you never, you you never, believe, how many, you'll never believe how many people in America think that. Well, of course you do. I'm from England. Oh, you must know Steve. Do I? <laughs> Steve, there's only, there's only 18 billion Steves on the... <laughs> Of course you do. <laughs> well, considering you are our representative Brit, <laughs> you must know everyone. <laughs> Speaking of which, what did you eat tonight? I have to ask because I just marvel <laughs> at your dishes. And then you're talking about how hot they are. And it's like, oh, you're fiery, fiery. I didn't have a fiery thing tonight. I had toad in the hole and I crusted it with uh, cumin and uh, cumin infused onions. Oh, that sounds good. Wait a minute. Toad in the hole. Yeah. Explain. I know what that is, but I'm going to let Darren tell you. Do you know what your idea? Do you know what Yorkshire pudding uh, is? Yeah. Um,. Yes, I do, and I, I could even go one better on that. I actually made Yorkshire pudding one time at Christmas for dinner, for, for our Christmas roast for dinner, and actually and made homemade from scratch gravy to go with. Wow. Well, awesome. I know what it is because I watch yeah. it on, on TV, but I have no idea what it, what it really tastes like or looks like in person, no. It's sort of like a, just a crispy batter. Um, but Toad in the Hole is the crispy batter but you drop sausages into it and uh, it sort of all rises up around the sausages oh it's delicious oh that sounds good <laughs> yeah kind of like pigs in a blanket same thing same idea pigs in a blanket as you, you put batter around hot dogs well this is this is sort of like pigs in a duvet <laughs> this is a little bit more probably more sophisticated than pigs in a blanket <laughs> Probably. But it would taste a lot better than pigs in a blanket. It sounds toads in a hole, pigs in a blanket. What the hell? Yeah, this is pigs in a duvet. It's sort of like all <laughs> fluffy and soft. And, oh. If you haven't had toads in a hole, my God, you've got to look the recipe up and have it. Oh, I have to look it If I cooked it, it would be toad in a hockey puck. <laughs> because of the way I cook. Oh, I'm a horrible cook. I'm a horrible cook. I make great doorstops, excellent hockey pucks. God forbid you eat anything that I make, you die. So, What did Sue make for dinner tonight? Reservations. Exactly. That's exactly what... Can you say... Sue's two, uh, fa Sue's two favorite words when it comes to dining. Domino's delivers. <laughs> no, if you can't nuke it, don't eat it. <laughs> Well, you can technically technically you can nuke anything. Whether it's edible afterward is another story. Oh, I know. Oh my god. Oh my Have god. My heard... late husband one. Time, <laughs> this is hilarious. My late husband one time tried to defrost ground turkey by throwing it in the microwave uh, on uh. high. <laughs> I took it out and that dropped it, and that shit bounced three feet in the air. <laughs> I looked at him and I, I looked at him and I said, "I am not eating that. <laughs> it's 
next bounce was right into the trash can. We ordered pizza. I like to pride myself that I'm a reasonably good cook. You're an amazing cook. Uh, well, I mean, you. the stuff that I that I'm seeing online because because you take pictures <coughs> of your food, the stuff that I'm seeing online, I'm like, oh my god, this he's close to a chef. Well done, Darren. I, yeah. I, I, I do enjoy cooking. I, I, I love cooking. I'm doing a big roast for dinner tomorrow. Big joint of roast pork and uh, roast potatoes and roast carrots, roast parsnips and all that shit. Oh, I remember when my mom used to do that for Sunday. For Sunday dinner yep. was the the roast. We always had roast. Randy, remember that? Oh, yeah. I grew up yep. with that, too. Yep. Roast on Sunday. If I tried to make a roast, mm-hmm. it would be called brick. <laughs> no, you, you can't. You can't beat a good roast dinner. Yeah. Apart from no, a good it's curry. Amazing. My dad did a lot of the cooking in our household, and how did my sister word it one day? That man could cook the flavor out of anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh and sadly, it is the truth. Our <laughs> and, it, and the menus never varied. Every Sunday night, we had roasted pork ribs with sauerkraut and boiled Brussels sprouts. Lovely. No, not lovely. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Because I never knew that you were supposed to rinse the brine off of the sauerkraut and that if you added a little <laughs> apple cider vin- apple cider to them and maybe some chopped onion, sauerkraut could be tasty? <laughs> oh no. Open the jar, dump that whole thing in on top of those ribs and throw it in the oven so everything tasted like super salty, super sour sauerkraut. I remember going around to my boss's house and boiling and and roast that shit and roast it. It doesn't take that long to cook that stuff, but it would go in at around two in the afternoon, and we would eat dinner at six thirty. Oh my god! Oh my god! And the Brussels sprouts would go on about three thirty, and we'd eat dinner at six thirty. Oh, you had mush. You had mush yes. Brussels sprouts. It uh, took me, it took me like thirty years before I would. Once I grew, once I hit eighteen, I was like, I'm not eating. And I had my driver's license and was working outside, you know, working outside the home, even though I still lived at home. No more Sunday dinners for me. <laughs> I had to get a McDonald's on the way home from my job. I remember going and I and I stopped eating Brussels sprouts and it was like thirty something years before I tried one again. I remember going around to them in butter and garlic and bacon. Man, they're fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I remember going around. Who knew? I will get this fucking point out one day. (laughs) (laughs) Go, Darren. Go. I remember going around to my boss's house. This was back when I was uh, in agriculture and engineering. When I was in my twenties, early twenties. Um, and my boss's wife had cooked him dinner and uh, I can't remember what I ran I think I went around there to take a pair of headphones around or something which is completely irrelevant to absolutely everything but she cooked this dinner and she said would you like to stay for dinner and I was watching my governor Charlie eat his dinner and he was his mashed potato was literally dripping through the fork 
Mm. Oh. Yuck. His Brussels sprouts were boiled for so long they'd almost turn white. And yep. I can he, relate he had, to that. He, he had a piece of... Well, I, I assume the meat was pork. Uh, I'm not entirely <laughs> sure. But he had a piece of pork chop. He chucked it on the ground for the dog. And the dog took one look at it. Sort of did a, fuck you, face. And, <laughs> and left the room. So I said, um, no, I'm all right, thanks. I've just eaten. <laughs> She was literally the worst cook I've ever seen. You have never seen mashed potato dribbling through a fork, looking. It was was like semen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) Um, You don't have any contact with these people anymore, do you? (laughs) Uh, uh, Thankfully, no. Then you know it's bad. Yeah, I've had yeah. a couple of the ah uh, no faces. It's like oh, the dog. And like anybody's it. wondering how this relates to Doctor Who? Well, we just have to go back to fish fingers dipped in custard. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Worst yeah. worst food combinations. How to make a Doctor Who fan puke? Here, why don't you have fish fingers dipped in custard? <coughs> and now it's a thing. Now it's a thing. And I'm like, ugh. Yeah, somebody on Twitter the other day, it was only two days ago, somebody on Twitter posted that they'd actually had it. Yeah. Ugh. I think, what's wrong with you people? It's like, it's it's a TV show. Yeah. Blech. It's, a waste of, it's a waste of good bloody fish fingers. But they're sitting there. I was at a convention in Huntsville, Alabama, with Paul McGann and Eric Roberts and Eliza Roberts were the keynote guests at that thing Annetta was there I was staying with the friend who had come up from Florida we shared a room Annetta and I were doing a Minister of Chance panel so that tells you so it's like 2014 20 it's like 2015 2016 in that in 2014 and sometime in that time frame and we had the restaurant in the hotel because it was a Doctor Who themed thing they were making a Doctor Who themed menu and one of the things that they made were these chocolate covered strawberries that they piped white icing on to look like to try to make them look like Cybermen they fell a little bit short of the mark (laughs) (laughs) and one of my friends who didn't really have a social filter looks at it and says those look like balls. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. I'm sorry, I almost fell on the floor <laughs> when she said that. I thought you were going to tell me that they were making unserving fish fingers and custard. Because I would have been like, mm-hmm. Time to gag. No, I forget what... I, I wish I had kept a copy of the menu. I might have taken a picture of it, and it's probably in my archive somewhere, and I'll have to dig it up and see if I can find it. If I do, I'll message it to you guys. Please do, because thank God that they don't do yeah. that at the TARDIS. I mean, you walk in, it's Harry Carey's, you walk in, there it is. And um, it, it is what it is. And it, it, 
it's nice other than being a little bit expensive for a potato like eight dollars for a potato but um yeah i had one of their stuffed potatoes and it was like okay that's kind of expensive excuse me you belch <laughs> and a bell rings holy shit did an, did a drinking angel get its wings <laughs> who's talking about who you know who was talking about godlike powers <laughs> Darren, you belch and a bell rings. You should see what Dang. happens when I fart. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to a podcast, one of our podcasts. The angel of the Lord himself appears and says, What's that? <laughs> when you fart. Oh my God. So when you say light, <laughs> when you clap your hands, does the light come up? When I shout light, my arse catches fire. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, you guys, I've lost it just now. (laughs) That's so good. You're very easily amused. We are being so so bad today. Uh, I am so easy to, yes, I am. I'm very easy to amuse. Uh, Miles is going to have fun editing this shit. And if you're wondering how that goes back to Doctor Who, you need to listen to our podcast. Yes. Go back to episode one with William Hartnell, and you will know. <laughs> There's a lot of belching it's... and farting, and a lot of farting. A lot of farting. <laughs> and it's interesting, you know, with William Hartnell, before I joined this podcast... I had never seen a single one of his episodes. Hmm. Really? Because, well, well, I discovered Doctor Who in 1981 when I was a senior in high school. And it played, the only place you could find it in the U.S. at the time was on local public television stations, the public broadcasting yes. system. Mm-hmm. And yep. we just never saw it. And I was, you know, Wow. What was this? Right after David Allen. The first episode I ever saw was Genesis of the Daleks. Oh, wow. That was the very first one I ever saw. Hmm. And I was fascinated by it. And I didn't know anything about regeneration or that whole bit. So that was quite a shocker to me mm-hmm. when Tom Baker's era ended and we got Peter Davison. And then I find out that... This wasn't the first one, you know, and they go back. And I've only seen, I think, I've only seen a little bit of Patrick Troughton. I was thinking about this on my drive home, or drive driving around while I was working today. I've only seen a very little bit of Patrick Troughton. I saw him in The Three Doctors, The Five Doctors, and what was the episode? Was it called The Two Doctors when it was Sixty and... Yeah. 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 I've only seen him in those three, and I've seen part of one of his, of one of his series. And I don't even remember what that episode was called. Oh, his, uh, his era is fantastic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know, and we've missed out, we missed out on so much of that, because it came to the U.S. so late, by the time it got here, a lot of those episodes were gone. They were lost. Mm. Sorry about that. So I think we've, so I think we, you know, we lost out. The U.S. lost, the U.S. fans, we lost out on a lot of that early, the early stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Randy, I think we watched The First Doctor, 
At the very first time I saw the first doctor, I was like, holy crap, this guy is grumpy as hell. My God, did he just kidnap those people? Oh, my God. And I was not a happy camper there. We didn't watch him for a while. Then we went back when I knew we were going to be, we were going to be in this podcast, and we began to watch all of them. And by the time we hit his regeneration, I loved him. In fact... I think that Barbara is probably one of the strongest female characters because she tells him off left and right. First off, he's he's a, a jerk. He kidnaps him. Secondly, yeah. she gets up and she tells him off. And it's like, who do you think you are? And I mean, there is no pulling punches with her, including when she goes and decides in the Aztecs, when she decides I'm, I'm, I am going to be this goddess. I'm going to change things. And you're not going to stop me. So... Pfft. Mm. Flake off. You know, I mean, she but starts Barbara getting... Is just brilliant. Powerful, powerful woman. Yeah. For a woman to have that much power in Doctor Who, and I don't think a lot of people realize how powerful she is throughout that entire run. And... Yeah, and it's especially in um, the 1960s as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that wasn't the way it was over here. I mean, over here... Because we have MeTV, I'm able to watch the shows that I watched in the 60s growing up. Women are slapped. Women are tossed around. Women have their place. How dare you? If you're a strong woman, you're generally either spanked or slapped. And it's like, wait a minute. If anybody would have spoken like Barbara spoke to the doctor, she would have been spanked or slapped. Mm. And, and that, and... I kept thinking, I said to Randy, you know, I grew up thinking because of the TV that I, it was mainstream TV. It was, you know, Brady Bunch type stuff. Um, All the Westerns, everything. If you were outspoken, you were either a saloon girl or you were put in your place by a man. And that was not the case with Barbara. Not the case at all. And it's, I love her character and as I've watched it and as we went through and, and did the the improvs with it I was really proud to play her because what a character what an amazing character for little girls to look up to mm. and say I don't have to be slapped I can be outspoken and in many cases she solves what's going on and it's like wow she came up with the idea to get out of this episode that episode unbelievable but not here, not like that here, because of of watching it now. And I kept saying, my God, I can't believe I thought this was okay. I thought the Carol Burnett show was okay. And again, oh, right, I know, boom. And I mean, they're making... you don't see anything else, those become your role models, and that becomes what you... It becomes normalized to you. If a guy hits you, a guy hits you, and it's like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, it becomes normalized, and that's like, oh, that, I'm supposed to think that that's acceptable. Okay, this is this is the norm to me. And, and you know, we've yeah. learned, we've, we've grown beyond that now, definitely. But I mean... Oh, yeah. And my mom was never one. My mom was a very strong woman, and everybody thought of her as, oh, God, oh, my God. And she was a very strong woman. And my yeah. dad supported it. As as Italians, that's... And I mean, a lot of times you find Italian women being very strong. And they're men supporting it or not. And my mom was not one for, you know, no hands lifted on me. I'll break them off. Yeah. 
you hit me, don't go to, you know. That's kind of, that's basically kind of my attitude too. Yeah, you hit me, don't go to sleep. It's <laughs> like, you know, just, just saying. And that was, I mean, that was my mom's attitude. You know, they're both, they're both dead and my dad loved my mom with a passion. So they're never, ever would I have ever seen that. But, you know, that was how she was, is don't let any man hit you. You see that on TV? Don't let any man do that to you. But that wasn't the case with Barbara. Nobody struck her. The doctor didn't strike her. So, well done, Darren. Being the representative British person right now in our podcast, well done to all of you over there. <laughs> yeah. Yes, well, thank you. <laughs> I think. Yeah. I mean, what well, is... Just, what I it, mean, it's just so culturally and, ingrained at the time. I mean, because I grew up... I'm just a little. You, Sue, you're you're. I think what a couple of years older than I am. I'm sixty, or will be, sixty. I'll be fifty-seven in July. So yeah, but close to the same age. Yeah. You know, I grew up with that. I grew up with it. <clears throat> you know, I'm I'm only four months older than Doctor Who. So. Yeah. So I mean. Yeah. So we grew up with that in the role. You know, the roles that women played. They were very very narrow. That you saw on TV. Put your little pearls on. And it was the, it was, you know, it was the June Cleaver mom is home and keeps a perfect house and cooks a perfect meal. And it, you know, was always a support system for the family and for the male characters. And very frequently did not have a prominent role in in a lot of the shows that we we grew up Mm -hmm. watching. Well, you watch Perry Mason. Darren, do you ever see any of our shows over there? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you watch. If you ever watch Perry Mason, you'll see the woman going, "Please, please don't go out. Just listen to me. Listen to me. Stay harder." And boom, gets thrown down on the duvet or gets thrown down on 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 the bed or wherever she happens to be at the time, and she's going, "Oh, I wish you would have listened to me." And it's like that was the role you played with. You know, you stepped out of line and. Perry had no problem smacking people around. And it was like, holy crap. Seriously? This is... I I don't remember that. Now it's like, really? That's what we grew up with. Wow. Yeah. And people don't realize, too, because I saw something somewhere, and I can't remember. I wish I could remember where I saw it. Probably on Facebook, probably on a social media site somewhere. But something going back to old stories of Doctor Who and elements of racism and sexism in the show. And it's like, you have to remember that these programs are, and and the social justice warriors are all up in arms about it. That show's racist and that show's sexist and yada yada. And it's like, wait a minute. You have to go back and look at it in the context of the real time that that show was actually produced. Mm Mm-hmm. Those were the things that were going on at the time. You can't rewind the clock and apply modern thought processes to something that was written 30, 40, 50 years ago. It doesn't work. Well, and of course you're going to, and of course those yeah. elements are going to be much more blatant than they are now. What are people going to think in 50 years? Let's say Doctor Who runs another 50 years, and we're all long gone. We'll be sitting up on the Rainbow Bridge throwing, you know, drinking margaritas and throwing limes <laughs> down, out, of, out of the clouds. But we're all sitting there 
And the people that are looking at the what we consider the modern series now, what are they going to be thinking when they're looking at some of the messaging and some of the things that we that the show produ- produced and ex- and it explored now? Mm. What are they yeah. going to think of? Yeah. Well, you know, Martin Luther King, I was alive when he was assassinated. So if you think about that, I don't think I think I when when did Rosa Parks it was which year was that Randy <laughs> I don't know um, you weren't alive um, okay was I Rosa alive? Parks wasn't it in the six? it was in the 50s wasn't it or I was it in the 60s it was... what when she actually sat on the bus yes because that might have been when I was alive as well uh, ooh, because now the, the verbiage that we use now for mentally handicapped people, uh, me, uh, mentally chat. Rosa Parks, on December 1st, I can, I can tell you, on December 1st, 1955, in Montgomery, Alabama, Parks rejected bus driver James F. Blake's order to relinquish her seat in the colored section to a white passenger. So that is so five <laughs> years before I was born. Yeah. That's, wow, wow. And, you know, I mean, like I was saying, with with children that were mentally handicapped, physically handicapped, mentally challenged, that type thing, there was over doors in my school. It was called mentally retarded, physically handicapped, physically handicapped. Mm. That was over the door of our of where they were to go. And it's like, oh, my goodness. So if you're physically handicapped, which I was, I was in that class. Well, even this. So I mean, yeah, because it was assumed, it, it it was just assumptions made that people who were physically can, handicapped were also mentally by had by mental, many people yeah, in yeah. the in the community. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, because of my heart, I had to take a nap in the afternoon. That was the only the only reason I was in there was I had heart, had heart surgery in '65, and in '65 that was new. And so you needed, they didn't understand that they needed to get patients up and walk or there could be blood clots. They had them sleep in the afternoon for one hour. Well, you can't do that in a regular classroom. So for one year, you had to do that. So you're in that classroom. You would not believe the words and the comments that I received and my friends received being in that class. Mm. So now looking back, wow. Even as recently as what the mid eighties, uh, sexuality is it's so different mm-hmm. from what it was, what it is now. I mean, we had um, under the Thatcher government, we had what was called Section Twenty Three, which was uh, basically forbidding the teaching of all sort of acceptance of homosexuality, and uh, it was sort of forbidden in schools to talk about it, that sort of thing, and. You know, being gay back then was a a a, a dirty word, but in that, in that short sort of time, it's it's evolved so much for the better. Mm-hmm. It has, and and it's yeah, it's uh, in a beautiful way. Yeah, in an absolutely beautiful way, it's it's evolved. Because I do remember friends coming out to me because I was in the theater. I was in the theater for many, many, many years before I became disabled. I mean, even with the heart dis- disability or even with the heart problem and stuff, like I said, you just had to sleep in the afternoon. But then, then I got into the theater. I was dancing and stuff like that until the until recently. 
and in musical theater. So you had a lot of gay friends and they would come to me and come out and it was this horrible, horrible thing to them saying to me, you know, oh my goodness, I, you're not going to love me. You're not going to like me anymore. And it's like, what? Yes. Yes, I will. And I mean, it's, it, it was it, the way that it is now. I'm so, so thankful that it is how it is now. There's still a, where parents just go, cool. The trouble is, there's still a long way to go. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. A long way to go with a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, sexuality, race, disabilities. I mean, my godchild, uh, you know, was, I'm not, I'm not really sure if was fluid. You know what I mean? So I think it's beautiful. Mm. So, you know, it's like, I'm just, I, I just hope that everything continues to go forward in a beautiful way. For, I, th- I, th- I think it will. For physical disabilities and for, for sexuality. And first off, seriously, I get so angry because it's like, it really is nobody else's business but theirs. Yeah. I mean, you don't want somebody coming up and saying, excuse me, what are you doing in your bedroom? Well, who the hell's business is it? I've, exactly. I've, I've never understood any of it because if you strip a person down to their bare components, we're all a set of lungs, kidneys, a heart and a brain and... We all eat, we all fart, we all shit, and we're all going to die. And, exactly. Uh, if you cut us, we all bleed the same color yeah. red. And and we're not around here for that long, so live and let live. Let people get on with whatever the fuck they like, as long as it's sort of exactly legal and consenting. I mean, who cares? Yeah. I mean, love is... It's so hard to find. Love is love. If you lo- yeah. love who you love, yeah. as long as they're consenting, Yeah. And and you know, and as for race, I've, I've never understood racism. Oh, it's just the stupidest no. fucking thing imaginable to me. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think one of my favorite memes that was making the rounds on Facebook a few years ago was this pair of pandas sitting there, and one of them looks at the other one and says, "Man, racism is stupid, dude. I'm black, white, and Asian." <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, it is stupid. It and is. And I just like I had to. La- I laughed. I was like, I used right, and it's like it's perfect. You take two eggs. To take a white egg and a brown egg. Crack them both open. Tell us a part name, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I never use that word. Why did I use that word? I never ever use that word. But it does rival me up so much. Uh oh. We bring that out in you, Darren. Holy cow! <laughs> That's the worst. Well, no, because racism is angers you so much. It and does. There, you. It, and it does. It is. It's ridiculous. That's literally the one swear word I never use. Yeah, it's so pointless, and it wastes so much energy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like if you've got nothing better to do than hate somebody else because of the way they look or who they love, you know, exactly. everything else in your life must be perfect. Yeah. How did you well, do that? How did you do that? How did you make the rest of your life perfect? <laughs> that you have that kind of energy. You feel like saying, take that amount of energy that you're using to hate and do something good with it. Exactly. Mm. Quit the hate shit and do something decent with it so that it can help people as opposed to this hate shit. There's a great example of something like that about people taking something negative and turning it into a positive. I mean, I was looking at some things that a couple friends of mine, and I have several friends who are artists and that's how they make their living and one person in particular he does a lot of conventions he does sci-fi mashup 
paintings, and they're gorgeous. And Dimitri was talking about one of the events that he was scheduled to go to this weekend got just got canceled. He says, "I understand the need for it." He says, "I he says I get that." He says, "But my he says, but my wallet's not going to be very happy." And artist groups that are going to these conventions and artists who make their living going to conventions and doing shows and things like that, there's virtual galleries springing up all over social media. Well, that's what I was just going to say. Couldn't we have a for virtual them to keep, convention? For them to continue on and they're, and they're sharing that information back and forth and like, well, check out this group that's holding this thing and check out this group that's holding this thing and <gasps> these people are inviting everybody into their community to help out and the so and you know it's not just Facebook and Twitter where, you know, if you want your post promoted, you have to pay him a fee. It's it's the chats that the younger generations are using, like Discord and Twitch and and I forget what one of the other ones is that was on there. I mean, I know uh, you guys. Do you guys even know what those are? Discord, yeah, Discord, I do, and Twitch, I've heard of. Yeah, Discord and uh, yeah. Of, and Snapchat and whatever it's called and yeah but my son you know, my son my son uses discord all the time he's on it all the time talking to his friends while they're gaming and they use it i think that's the platform that he uses to stream yeah. some of his gameplay mm. to live stream his gameplay to I, his friends i think that's what it, what i heard that was used mostly for was like live streaming game stuff and more, more gamers are on there but that community is opening up that platform and saying hey you know we can do an art show here you guys were going to be at this convention well you know here's a way to still get your work out and still reach a broader a broad audience and still be able to earn a living because that's a big problem right now. That's a huge problem in the United States is we have so many self-employed people. We have so many people in our service industries and so many people who don't, who they might have a job, they might be an employee, but their employer doesn't offer benefits. So if they're sick and they have to quarantine for two weeks because of this virus, they lose their income. And you're putting people, you're putting people's livelihoods at risk. You're putting people's housing at risk you're putting their ability to buy food at risk because if you don't if you're low income anyway and you're not making money because your employer doesn't pay benefits like sick paid sick days off you're really caught between a rock and a hard place do you do the ethical thing which is self-quarantine so you don't infect other people or you say i have no choice i have to work because i have to feed my family i have to provide and if I'm sick, I'm sorry, you guys are going to have to take your chances. And this is a way for those people to make money, for some of those people to make money. I mean, it's not going to help everybody, but it's a way for some of those people to still make money and be able to mm. care for themselves and their families. So draw, drawing back to the podcast, Cat. Yeah, this is an unusual had... comparison of Doctor Who, uh, old and new. <laughs> <laughs> old yeah. and new. But drawing back to the podcast, Kat, who was a member of our, who was Susan, in in the early, um, and many other characters as well, and the tenth, tenth Doctor, I think, um, she had a, a thing out that said, I, I don't know if it was on Twitter, if it was on Facebook, it may have been on Facebook. It said, if you have, it's on Facebook because is that it? She's the one I was thinking about. If you yes, if you have a business, let's help each other. 
put a link to it and go on. And I said, Kat, can I do paparazzi? And she said, it's all a go. Anything you want to do, go ahead. If, you know, it doesn't have to be man-made or handmade or anything. It could be whatever. Put it on. A legitimate business, put it on. And she, and she was getting people that were putting on um, convention, handmade things, art, uh, paparazzi, jewelry, everything was on there. And I thought that was fantastic. And it's like, you know. And see, I have a friend. This might be the next way to do a convention. And see, I have a friend who, my, fr- my friend Dimitri, who does that. And that's how he makes a lot of his money in the spring, in the summer, is, is during convention season. Because he'll go to a convention. I mean, sometimes he goes to a whole string of them where he's at a different convention every month up and down the eastern seaboard. I didn't know there were that many nerd conventions out there. <laughs> I had no idea. But and he goes to all so, of them, big and small. But I was thinking, I was like, I told him, I said, I know somebody that put out something, a call for artists and call for these kinds of things. I just have to remember who the hell it was that put it out. So thank you, Sue, for reminding me. It was Cat. It was so Kat. I can it was let, Kat. so I can share that information. And it's. My God, we have networked so many good things with people. So check out, you know, check out Cat, because you could, if the listeners, because you might find a link to that special thing that you didn't know you could live without until you saw that link in her Facebook feed. And she is giving her podcast a little boost there, or which they don't really need because they are amazing. Yes, they are. It's Verity Podcast. She's one of the Verity Pot people, so she's a Verity Podcast lady woman person awesome she's awesome sauce is somebody um, having sex in the with a munch no i'm not really sure no. what that sound is randy is oh. that you no that's tiger he's over scratching on the other side of the room oh <laughs> okay um that's disappointing that's disappointing he's digging in the carpet uh but she the verity the verity folks are fantastic so give them a listen to because they are amazing and i think they just won didn't they just win a podcast award? I don't know. But anyway, and they are Doctor Who related, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So see, we're linking it back to Doctor Who old and new. Very bloody tenuously. <laughs> Wouldn't that be? Hey, nobody said how strong these connections had to be. But you know, <laughs> and Miles isn't here, and Miles isn't here to, to keep us on a cha- on a leash and make and beat us into submission. So. <laughs> We could just kind of a stream of consciousness this until we all get tired of talking. Think about this. Yeah, we're... Any fucker who's still listening to this rubbish, my name deserves a medal. <laughs> the call is <laughs> over two hours now. <laughs> yes, it is. I could just see Miles going, geez, shut the hell up. No, I, okay, one last thing I'm going to say is wouldn't this be cool because it would safeguard all of the celebrities... It would safeguard the people going to the convention. You could still sell convention, convention tickets for online streaming mm-hmm. access. Yes. Is to have a convention, a conventionless convention, so that the convention itself is streamed. Each guest is streamed. You, If you want to have two guests in the same place, you do a split screen and you, st- and you stream both of them with the moderator on mm-hmm. another screen. I mean... You could do so much virtually, and people could purchase different levels, just like they do at conventions now, 
You can get an all access so that you get backstage or basically you get to have a one-to-one or you get a special group with X number, whoever, and then have um, the artist gallery so that you could go into the artist gallery. You can have a commercial room where the commercial people place their various things so that it would be like Alien Entertainment would have a booth or whatever. Con- basically call them booths and do a conventionless convention and do them over and over for the various different areas. So let's say once you get Paul and Daphne and, and Yee Gee and you have those as, the, as your guests and then you do the art the handmade art, you do the the actual booth rental where the, the people with commercial stuff come in, and there's the, the meet and greet type of thing. Um, yes, you're not going to get pictures or anything like that, but at this day, at this time, it would be preventing helping the conventioners that are going mm. and the actors or the guests from any more COVID-19. Yeah transmission it would just be from the comfort of their own home mm-hmm. it would be amazing mine, this is an awesome a friend of okay, mine did something is... like that just last night i have a friend who lives in philadelphia who hosted a virtual happy hour i wasn't able to attend because i was, had other stuff i had to do but he hosted a virtual happy hour through google hangouts and i think he had like 30 or 40 people that mm-hmm. joined in we could do this. I mean, wouldn't that be cool for our podcast to do is to do a virtual convention? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, then it could be international. It would be, that expensive. It would, it be cheap as hell. Well, absolutely. And people could. I mean, most of us have Google accounts, and Google Hangouts is part of those accounts. Mm-hmm. Okay, Miles, are you listening you know, to this? Discord, <laughs> di- you know, stri- streaming platforms like Discord, Though I know those are free. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could have a gaming room. You would do yeah. virtual gaming. But, I mean, hey, there it is. They're doing it all the time. Well, I was going to say, what most of the, most of the, I mean, my son plays in an eSports league. He plays a game called Rocket League. We basically think cars playing soccer. And it's pretty damn interesting to watch, actually. But Logan is on this eSports team, and they are playing a tournament right now. They played last night. And they're playing people that live on the East Coast. We're well, see, out in the West. We're out in Utah. But they're playing, and none of them are in the same room. But they all hook up. On, they all hook up on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all hook up on this, on this one, on this streaming service. And Logan streams his gameplay. So he, because his girlfriend lives in Massachusetts and she watches Logan play. Well, think of it this way: we would be able to offer conventioners a chance to go to a convention at a much less rate, and possibly see exactly who they were going to see in person just not in person yeah Mm. i mean and i mean for a short you know you were talking about the photos and the autographs well here's something different throw out this idea for a small fee you know 15 20 bucks whatever whatever you would pay for a photograph or an autograph 15 20 bucks 30 bucks whatever have that person that you would have liked to have met and shook their hand and stood next to them for a quick hug and a, you know, for a 10 second hug and a click of a photo, have them send you a video message, a personalized greeting video message. That might, that might be, that could work. People would buy that shit up. 
holy crap, people would buy that shit up and say, would you just say, or for a little bit more? Or ask them to record, a, or say, you know, or for a prepaid voicemail fee, mm-hmm. ask them to record a greeting on your phone, for your phone. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, you know that that happened with um, funding uh, LOS. Yeah. Lights of September. And Light of September. People were, Light of September, and people were buying like crazy for because I think I bought one for Randy from from Sylvester. Yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. And you can it. This would work. This seriously would work. You just have to get a lot. You know, about a group of people on board that could do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, people like um, my friend John uh, John Chalice. He does um, these uh, celebrity VM uh, voice. Mm-hmm message things all the time uh if you meet him at a convention or at one of his book signings or anything he'll happily record a a, a voicemail message or if you chuck a fiver in one of the charity tins that he has so yeah. yeah i can definitely see it working and you know we would be able to get christopher stone for the the, the professor how books have him put the professor yeah. how book you know have have a book section have a literary section where if if we could get, let okay, so we go with the Seventh Doctor's theme, okay? Sophie Aldridge, she just wrote a book. Sophie would be, would would be wonderful to have. Sophie, mm. and have uh, Sylvester, and have you know Bonnie Langford, have um, Andrew Cartwell because he just wrote a book and he's going to be coming out with a children's book, and you know things like that. You would have a literary section. You would have a meet and greet section. You could do the phone thing, or the a rec- just to record a nice message, or even a click, and sign something for X number of dollars. Because I know that I did that with Andrew as a Christmas gift for Randy, as I asked Andrew if he would sign some pictures of himself, and then I paid Andrew, of course, and he sent them. And Randy had no idea, and that was that was one of. And he said to Randy, you know, da da da. Andrew Cartwell, and it was like wonderful. I mean, I think that's brilliant. So now we don't know how long this this illness is supposed to go. They say by August seventeenth or August whatever, or not August. I'm sorry, April seventeenth or sometime in April, we we should be fine. And then I hear it could be with us for a much longer time. One doctor said we're going to have this through much of the year. So. And I thought, through much of the year, what the hell are you talking about? I thought it was just supposed to be April. I don't think it's just supposed to be April. I think it's going to come in. I th- I it's, it has. I think it has the potential to come in waves. That that really? you'll have you have you have the initial outbreak now, but then you'll have, a, you know, and it will get a hand. We'll finally get a handle on it if people actually start listening to the ex medical experts and the CDC and not the idiot in the white house who well i'm just praying that this thing goes away and yeah. but until then until then yes we have to stop life as per norm yeah but we have this beautiful internet to use so why don't we do things virtually everything else is virtual they're going to do virtual classrooms virtual conventions yeah. Mm. Well, my son, my I mean, my son's school is looking into the virtual classroom right now. Our school district hasn't made the decision to close the schools yet, but they're communicating with parents, and they're say, and they were, and they were supposed. My son was supposed to get a survey for me to fill out, asking about computers in the home and internet access, and the teachers are 
in the process of getting training on how to run a virtual classroom. Yeah, ours and, are closed. And I mean, when Logan I, Logan was homesick well. on Monday and Tuesday, he's not got anything respiratory. It was intestinal. But he was he's able to keep up because his teachers post assignments on the online all the time. So he just goes to his classes that he the teacher those that they're posted, he just goes to the platform and he picks up the assignments and he's keeping up with his schoolwork and his grades reflect that. See that's that's well, well they closed the schools here. Yeah. As of Monday. As of Monday all of Illinois schools are closed, the entire state. So they are going to be doing See over here over here we want everyone to die. That's that's our policy. Well, well, this is the the only thing I don't like. Let the virus is, spread so that we get her herd immunity. That's Boris Johnson's policy. I heard oh, that. Don't, don't I heard close that. Schools. Yeah. Let everything carry I'm on like, as normal. Let the virus spread throughout the population. And the average so that that. immunity. The approximate. I saw that. I saw that. something about that. And the headline was kind of the headline was kind of harsh. And it said, some people are probably going to die, but carry on anyway. Something to that effect. Yeah. Yeah. And Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen projections of a model that it could potentially cause up to 800,000 deaths. Yeah, we have a million. On his advice. The doctors here said a million in America. They're, they're, yeah, they're looking at, well, I mean, you have 300 million people in the United... We, our population is roughly, what, 300 million? 300 yeah. Yeah. And this thing is lethal to what? One thirty million. We have six. We have sixty-five million. And if this thing is lethal to what? One. One million of the population. One to three percent. Mm. Well, that's one. One to three million people. See, and here's the deal: they will not test unless you have all of the symptoms, and all of the symptoms mean that you come in contact with somebody that came from China, or you traveled out of the country, or blah blah blah. I have a friend who is coughing her lungs out and they swear to God she has every fucking symptom except she hasn't talked to anybody in China. This girl has been buying jewelry from me so obviously money has changed hands. I said, would you please ask them to test you for COVID-19? They won't do it. Now, and, and I but what's, said, to say, what's to say that she hasn't talked to someone who has talked to someone in China? Exactly. exactly. Because that middle exactly. person, that mer- middle person, could be completely asymptomatic. Exactly. Exactly. Here's, here's the person, and, and how many saying, typhoid Marys are walking around out there right now? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Because they said that most of the people will get it, and they'll it'll be like the common cold. It's the person they touch next that may have an immune system that is deficient that will die, and I'm that person. Yeah. And I'm like, who the fuck is going to touch me that has it, that thinks it's a cold because they're strong and young? Mm-hmm. And I have a weakened immune system. Now, I'm supposed to be starting shots for osteoporosis. And the doctor looked at me and said, no way in God's green earth are you taking those shots. You already have a weak immune system. Yeah, because they depress your immune system even further, don't they? Exactly. He said, not until this whole thing is blown over. Don't you start those shots. And and I'm I'm like, thankfully for me, it's only four bucks a month. So yeah, I'll stockpile the medicine. I'm not going to take it until it's over because I'm already on prednisone. He said, you take this and it's going to knock you down even further. You yeah. will be a host waiting to happen. And he goes, I want you in gloves and I want you in a mask. And I'm like, you know, me walking around in gloves and a mask going to look like an idiot. And he goes, I don't care. Look like an idiot. At least you'll be alive. Don't touch yeah. your face. I'm like, yeah, right. 
Have you ever tried not to touch your face? I fucking had my hands all over my face all day. Yeah. Anyway, we're not supposed to talk about I this, I mean, it's right? a startup it's a startup of allergy season here in Utah. We've got stuff, you know, cuz we have an, we're unseasonably warm right now for March. But things are starting to bloom like crazy, yeah. and my nose is itching like hell because a big part of my job, I'm outdoors. I mean, I can't, you know, I deliver a box, I have to get out of the van and carry the box to the house. So I got to fly over there by itself. Well, you know, this it's just it's unreal. And I and but anyway, I love this idea of the virtual convention because we got We're not supposed to get political, so I love the idea of the virtual convention. And I wonder if if Doctor Who's line is in any way could do one. It's a possibility. What do you think, Miles? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Miles. What do you think, Darren? What do you think? Well, I think it's an excellent idea. I'd be totally on. Board I think it'd be that. a lot of fun. I mean, it might you just be what? us have talk, looking at each other and talking to each other, but who knows? Well, you know we a could lot do, of people. We could do a live improv show through the thing. Wouldn't that be fun? You know, I'm That gonna, would be a hell of a lot of fun. It would. <laughs> and you know, there might be people that might want to join in that just haven't... They're not sure what it is, and they're not sure, sure what to they, do, and yeah. they're not sure... They're not confident oh I couldn't do that and then when they see how bad we fuck it up maybe they would change their minds and like oh if those idiots can do it so can we we could pick up a couple more cast members from it and you know we could always do one of the first doctor episodes we could always do it again especially if we had a different cast other than I'm gonna I'm gonna play Barbara sorry guys I'm grabbing Barbara she's my girl but yeah. Well, you we'd already were cast as her, so... But we'd have Darren, which yes. we didn't have with the first Doctor. We may be able to... If we do this as a convention, some of the celebrities may come in and play. Yeah. Um, now, that would be fun. And then we charge... I mean, if we literally do it like a true convention and we charge people virtual tickets to attend, we would have the money to pay the celebrities... Because we wouldn't have to charge 150 or 175 or 200 dollars or 500 dollars for yeah. anything. We could literally charge 50 and 100 and you know 50 dollars, 25, 50 and 100, and still have the money to pay the celebrities because they're not going anywhere. Yeah, it would be their time. Yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to house them, and you don't have to feed them, and you don't have to pay for travel. No, we could do a minister of chance convention. We could do all kinds of virtual conventions. We would just have to pay, because they, they don't have to travel anywhere. They don't have to come in contact with any people. If they don't want to come to, to something, they don't have to. They can go to sleep. <laughs> the only difference is we would have to be up the the nights of the convention. In order to make it day daytime for you guys, it'd have to be in the middle of the night for us. Which, if we did it on a weekend, wouldn't be a problem for me, because I'm up anyway. It would be a problem for Randy and because of the organ. But yeah. maybe that if we if you did a convention, Randy, would you be able to take that day off? Well, we could probably figure something out. Yeah, because I mean, this isn't something you throw together no. overnight. This would take month. We no. this would take months of mm. planning. Months and then talking. You know, we'd have to talk. Yeah, to... months of months of planning. We'd have to come up with a plan. We'd have to write the plan. We'd have to be able to present it to bring people on board and then you'd have to know who to talk to and a good person and a good point of contact for us to talk to would probably be Deb Waters because she has a lot of contact 
and contacts yep. that she would know and be able to maybe help spread the word and put out feelers. Yeah, absolutely. And bringing Deb in, Deb, having Deb in, I mean, just Deb herself. Yes. Bringing Deb in as a speaker. I mean... She'd be fascinated. She, I would love to sit down and have a beer with her and talk to her about some of the stuff that she's done. I mean, Phantom of the Opera. Getting away from Jesus. Doctor Who, Phantom of the Opera. I mean, yeah. Deb is an amazing, amazing person, but she was she was the ensign for, you know, Light of September. She was the ensign for, the, for Minister of Change. She came on late, but, you know, there. And the joke and all the, all the stuff that Deb has done, she would be amazing to talk to as far as her her work in the theater and her work on film. She'd be brilliant to have as a as a, a point of contact, but as a guest. Hell, she might be interested in doing a little improv. You never know. Never know. Um, but yeah, I don't know, Darren. This this could be really kind of... I don't know, Miles. It might be kind of cool. Miles is never going to turn astray, us loose on our own again. You know that, don't you? You know he's not. He's going to He's gonna be like, I don't ever want you to record again. <laughs> he says, you guys are not allowed to. <laughs> but the beauty of this thing is it's all had... recorded. But, you know, the beauty of it is it's all recorded. But he never has to use it if he yeah. doesn't want to. No. Or parts <laughs> so, of it. So, I mean, it's fun. But this, this and uh, I mean, this idea is... And it comes out of out of desire to still have Doctor Who conventions. And it does work. And we know that it or, does work yeah. because Tom Baker still does appearances at conventions even though he doesn't travel mm-hmm. anymore. He will he does virtual appearances at conventions. And people See, pay for, and people pay for those tickets. Because I think he did yeah. one gosh, where was it? It was in Maryland. Like a couple of years ago, he did one for a group in Maryland, oh, and it was a big and it was a big ticket seller. That was that was an add-on. That was something separate from the rest of the convention. If you wanted that experience, and they sold that thing, I forget how much the price was, but it wasn't cheap. See, we could do this. This would work. This would work because people that want to go to a Doctor Who convention and now are stuck in their home or you know, we can't gather or whatever. This would be a magnificent way to do it and to just jumpstart something. Jumpstart something really, really important and still have, if Alien Entertainment is like, well, you know, we want to, yes, we have a room for you. And yes, we have a room for artists. And yes, we have a room for gaming. And yes, we have a room for guests. And and it's just like regular conventions. You pick and choose what you want to do. I mean, I mean, some of these exactly. things, you know, and some of these things, I mean, some of the panel discussions we could do just like a podcast where we would get together, we would have our thing, and we'd have one person who's going to be the editor, and I know, yeah. and I, because I, I used to, there was a, I don't know if you guys, did you ever play the game, it was a it was a video game on, for phones, it was an app game called Doctor Who Legacy? No. No. It was put out by um, Tiny Rebel, I think. Un- unfortunately, they don't have the license anymore, so the game has has gone defunct but for three or for about three years it was intense it was one of these um colored gemstone matching games Hmm. okay okay where you light up the gemstones Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and you battle different enemies and then they fire but and they shot back and it it was beautifully it was it was really well done and i really missed the game i wish it was still available because it was fun but those folks that did that game 
for that time, they had a reviewer who once a week would talk about because you could you got different doctors and you got different companions and you had you and I mean it was not just a few you had everybody and for the longest time what they did I think it was with Peter Capaldi's first or second series every week once the show aired they released new game content that same that within 24 hours and then they would have this this one guy was reviewing the game and the game and the new content and he was running a Twitch stream and he did it on I think Wednesday mornings something like that but he did it on Wednesday he did it a couple of days after the new content came out and he had a chance to play and people could type in the chat while he was playing and showing how things worked and different t- combinations of doctors and and companions to make up a strong team to fight different types of enemies and so forth and note their different ability attributes and abilities were and everything but people could type questions in the chat and he would answer the questions that would work for us doing a panel mm-hmm. oh, that would and be those beautiful. panels could be recorded so people could go yeah. back and access them at a later date because one of the major downfalls yeah of a live convention where you're in the physical room is there's three different panels that you'd love to go see mm-hmm. and they're all at the same damn yeah. time. Exactly. And it's like, shit, exactly. which one do I go to? Because I'm really interested in this, but I really want to see that, but, oh my god, the keynote, the keynote guest is speaking here. You know, or one of the, you know, somebody oh. that I really wanted to see is speaking here. Oh dear. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Mm, yeah. Okay, my my earphone just one of my earphones just died, so my other earphone is just about to go. Oh dear, we're gonna my, lose Sue. About time we wrap this up. You're gonna up lose anyway. me, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess we. Well, you know what? We have just. Well, I did say in, I did say I in think... Messenger we were gonna solve the world's problems tonight, or try to. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we solved the Doctor Who convention yeah. problem. Yeah. There we go. But how cool would that be to do to do call-in panels like mm-hmm. that where people could to, 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 could participate? Because that's one of the things that people love about being at the conventions yeah. is participation. I mean, shit, we could even do a, you know a cosplayer yeah. section. Model your best cosplays here, and you know, and have a place for cosplayers mm-hmm. to interact and and play and do their thing. Put your best five. Put your best five pictures of your costume that you're going to cosplay here. Not just the costume. You You in it. it. Mm -hmm. You in it. You have to be in it. No, that's what I mean. (laughs) Yeah. And then five different pictures showing different aspects of your costume as you're wearing it. And then the last one is one picture of you making it. Yeah. And then have somebody, uh, uh, a celebrity guest, vote which one they think was the best, and that's mm-hmm. one, two, three, four, five type of thing, or however. Yeah. And they win, maybe they would win free access to a panel. Mm-hmm. Or they win a free, the, a free personal, you know, a free personalized message. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah, or something. For the first and the second and the third. The rest, no. But the, the yeah. first, second, and third might win... A free personalized message for the first, and mm-hmm. then the other two a free panel 
access to yeah. another panel. And I mean, there's so many. Th- okay, now my okay, all right. I'm gonna, my mind is like because depending on what yeah. happens to me, um, as far as as if I have to self isolate, not, not I not self isolate. What do they call it, Randy? Social distancing. Quarantine. No social distancing. Nope, I'm not in quor- I'm not in quarantine or anything. It would just be so, me wanting to social distance so yeah. that I don't have to do that. Um, because right now, thank God, knock on whatever, we don't think there's anybody around us that has it. But we don't think. So in, in Rockford or Freeport, we don't think. Or Monroe. Um, yeah. But they're all urging social distancing. So my job is totally opposite of social distancing. I put my hands on people's feet. We're in a room that's very small, a little bit bigger than my car. And (laughs) it's a, it's a very small room. So my, my job is the total opposite of social distancing. It's like, here, let me rub your face. Mine is semi. I mean, I'm delivering packages to people's houses, but there are some people that, I mean, I had an older lady today that came out and she took the package right out of my hands and she's in my personal space as she's taking the package and I don't want to be rude and yank it away from her and throw it on the ground, but at the same time I'm thinking you're ordering stuff from Walmart because you don't want to go to the store but you came up to the delivery driver who you don't know Mm -hmm. who doesn't get a chance to wash hands frequently and take that package right out of my hand if I had coughed or sneezed, it would have been all over because I would. I've had the. There was no way I could block that, unless I did it into the box. Mm-hmm. Well, so see, and, and that's so. You know, you never know. We might have. This might be. This might be the new thing, guys. We may have invented yeah. something really big. <sighs> yeah. Darren, are you still with us? I am indeed. He's just we going. Have, have, he's just going. We may have I don't know how these crazy. <laughs> I don't know how these crazy Yanks think. <laughs> we may have discovered something huge, Darren. I think, yeah. it, I think, I think it's an awesome idea. Sexy, yay! High five, sexy, yeah. and Robin and Randy. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, 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 all the way around. And yes, I just did virtual high fives over <laughs> my head. <laughs> so did I. The damn good thing I don't have the camera feature turned on this call. <laughs> you guys, I think my neighbor thinks I'm absolutely... He keeps coming out with the dog and staring at the car. And I'm like, oh, he's waving my hands around. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure he's over here going, this girl is a mental case. She sits in her car every Friday night Friday and night. waves her arms around. <laughs> and her husband... Oh, shit, and a Labrador's here. Oh no! Why would you do that to a Labrador? What? What? What's going on? Darren's taking a shit in the Labrador's ear. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> oh, Darren, you know what? We're going to end on that line sorry. because that's twinge. probably one of the what? twinge of pain. Sorry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Ouch. So funny. No offense to any Labradors that may be listening. <laughs> Jody says, "I'm a poodle. Don't worry." Hello, poodle. Well, I'm a poodle. So Randy suggested it a couple minutes, a few minutes ago, and we should probably follow that mm-hmm. suggestion as we are now at two minutes and thirty-two, two hours and thirty-two minutes and thirty-seven seconds counting yeah. to say goodnight, wrap this up. Miles will probably chop this up into two or three sections. Send him all these gigantic files. 
He'll love that. I know. Miles, he sent him all these gigantic files, and Miles is going to come back on this Jergo. What the fuck? Yeah. Edit this, pal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. He'll be like, what? I leave for one day, and you guys go absolute batshit crazy. Well, it was Robin and... You know better than to turn us loose, Miles. It's the four of us. What do you expect? <laughs> we, have no, we have no shame and we have no filters. Poor Mark. I hope we didn't scare him. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did say but he did say earlier that he wasn't available, so... Yeah. So. Well, guys, I'm going to wrap this up because I'm mm-hmm. going to lose my ear pretty soon. Okay. Well, it's going to go away. Okay. Well, good night, Sue. Good night, good everybody. Night. I love you guys. Bye, Darren. Good night, Good Sixty. Night. Good night, all. Good, Good night, night Randy. Good, Good, night, Good night, Randy. Good night, Randy. Good night, Darren. Good night, Robin. <laughs> Good night, <laughs> listeners, Good night, and thank you for sticking with us through this wild ride. Good night, John Boy. <laughs> okay. Good night, Mom. And on that, bye. Hello, listeners. I hope you enjoyed that. I'm doing my social distancing bit. I'm 35 metres away from the recording equipment. I hope you can still hear me. Anyway, we're going to try and get something out for you next week. Fingers crossed. Stay safe. Stay home. Don't get into contact with anybody. Protect the NHS. And enjoy whatever you're doing. when the damn cat walked across my keyboard he turned off the first recording oh, no. so I had to start another one <laughs> so I have two I have the two hours and, and other two files minutes. guys two hours and 63 minutes well then that should keep Miles moderately entertained for a while whole <laughs> Miles would be like okay I'm going to kill you guys. That's what Miles is going to say. I could just hear him. I could just hear it. If you'd like to get involved with Doctor Who's London in any way, there's many different ways that you can do so. Obviously, we're always looking for cast members. So if you just fancy having a go, having a go at a bit of improv, the more people we can get involved, the better the chance of actually recording something and therefore producing new episodes for you to listen to. Uh, so you can reach us through Twitter, through Facebook any one of us you can speak to myself, Kat, Suki, Robin Sue, any one of us just let, let us know that you're interested and we'll get you in, on board and you can have a go you can also, if you like try your hand a bit of editing my new job is taking up a lot of my time and therefore I'm not getting much of an opportunity to do much editing and I can't do much at the moment anyway because all the files are in the ether but if we produce new stuff it would be nice if somebody else would like to have a go at that. So you can do that. Obviously, if you fancy producing sound effects, music, ideas for plots, ideas for 
characters, anything like that, we'd be more than grateful to receive them and we'll instigate anything that we can for you. And of course, it always helps to boost our, our ratings, boost our public profile, if we can get likes and comments on things like iTunes. So if you've listened to the podcast and you like what you hear, just stick a few stars on it for us. Just write a little review. It would be very much appreciated. And if it gets us out there, more people hear us, more people might be interested in joining in. We might get more cast as a result of that. It keeps the podcast going. So any assistance you can give us in that direction would be very much appreciated. And as mentioned previously, we will be back in a couple of weeks with our next episode. So until then, cheerio. From all of us here on BBC One, a very good night. Good night.